Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of My Mortgage Guy. My name is Jesse Earl. I'm sitting with Nick Gasha, who is My Mortgage Guy. There you go, we got it that time. And your mortgage guy. Yes, everyone's mortgage guy. Thank you. Everybody's mortgage guy. Thank you. As long as you're in the States, he's uh, licensed and... That's true. Otherwise, well, you can just ask him questions. Yeah, I can always answer questions. And cross-country mortgages license everywhere, so I can refer you to one of my great colleagues that it's true. is in a different state. Some, some might say it's across the country. Some might say that. Uh-huh. Some <laughs> might say that. All right, so today we're going to be talking about... Uh, uh, sorry, I just, I just lost Investment properties. Investment properties, excuse me. Sorry. Yes, and we did dive into this back in uh, last season, I think. I think we were talking about different types of mortgages, investment properties, second properties, first-time home buyers. But let's jump into more about investment properties. Um, and, uh, you know, as we – it's kind of been the theme so far of this uh, season is, like, laws have been changing, rules have been changing. Um, so what, what has been changing in the uh, investment properties? And also, uh, just a question on, on my part is I, I know if, I know – that uh, rates are usually higher for investment properties because you're not living there. Um, but does it matter if it's if it's your first property that you're buying? Does like does that have any effect in buying a, an investment property? Like, can I just not own a house, but like I want to buy, I want to start owning some real estate, own some property? Sure, absolutely, yeah. You're for so would you, that affect it for the worse or for better? No, or not for the matter. Not for the worse. It 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 matters. Like, there's different rules that go into that. So let's start there. You're, yeah. Um, Technically, if you want to buy an investment property, you have you you have to have some kind of monthly payment for your um, for your housing. Okay. So you can own a house or you can rent. That's you have to have a place. Yeah. Okay. yeah, They if you're just living rent free and you never paid a bill in your entire life, yeah. uh, conventionally, I mean, you can. There's other non-conventional programs that could probably work, but conventionally through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you can't just go out and buy an uh, investment property. If you're living for free. Exactly. What's if you the don't have for that because they just want proof that you can actually. Yeah, they they don't want you to buy it. Like they don't like there's they don't want you to use rental income and then go live in the house yourself. They there there's more risk that goes involved with that because you're you know you're not losing anything and, and they want to make sure that you have, have paid. Um, a mortgage or a rental payment or something. You have some kind of history yeah. of paying back somebody in, in, in that. There's probably more to it than that, but those are just off the top of my head what, what I feel like the, that's the main reason why a bank would want you to have some kind of uh, some kind of payment. They really don't want you to take advantage of the system, buy a rental, you basically say, I'm going to get all this rental income for yeah. a place you can't qualify for, and then we'll live in it and not be able to pay them back. Yeah, and typically, I mean, as we talked about before, investment property is typically a higher rate. Correct. Yes. Um, during the pandemic, when things were low, like you, you, you could get. I mean, the higher rate at that time was like three and a half percent, and you could buy a house. But yeah. um, now, since rates have gone up, um, there's less buyers on the investment side. Like the 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 end buyer for mortgages, they look lower on investment properties because they're more of a risk. Mm-hmm. So they're if you own your own property, if you own a primary residence and you have three investment properties and you get laid off from work and the tenants don't pay, you're more likely to pay your primary residence back because you live there and just let the other three go into foreclosure or short sale or whatever or fall behind on payments. So they're riskier. So they because of that, they charge you a higher rate. Um, recently, we've seen those rates go higher than ever. Um, there's a couple reasons for that right now. We're, you know, we're like, like we said, we're in 2023. The re- one reason is rates are super high. They want to get 
um, as much interest as they can out of lending to you because they they assume you're going to refinance later on down the line. Um, so they charge points up front because they want to get that interest payment too. They want to just make as much. The investors want to make as much money as possible up front um, because within two years you're more than likely going to refinance out of this loan. Also, there's another thing that happened. Is a different rule that that came about. Um, I think it just came about, or it's taken place in March or April. But either way, 2023, the, the um, loan level pricing adjustment, which we had talked about in a different episode uh, for first-time buyers, those have gone up on investment properties and second homes. So the federal government is essentially charging more. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are charging more to get these loans, um, and that's not even just with you know people buying them. You know, uh, companies buying the mortgages later on. The, they actually just charge more across the board. It's like they they're charging a premium now if you want to buy a house or you want to uh, or buy you know buy a, an investment property. The rates are higher because it's riskier. Like I said, I mean that's basically what it comes down to. And then the rules are harder. Like it, it you need more money up front. You just can't you know you can't put five percent down again an investment property. You have to have more skin in the game. That's basically it. Because the more skin in the game you have, the less likely you're just going to let the place. You, you lapse and not not pay it back, mm-hmm. and that was a big thing that happened like two thousand eight, seven. You know, two thousand seven eight. The the problem then was it cash flow. It was so easy to get credit. There were people taking out loans for one hundred and ten percent of the value of the house, and they said, "Oh, we're gonna do. You know, we're gonna renovate the house with that extra ten percent. Just take it and go buy a boat. Never pay their mortgage, and then that's kind of what led to the collapse. Now it's super tough to get. You know, comparatively speaking, to get an investment property and. Um, yeah, so what, close on. what is needed then for so a basic so if you're buying a two to four unit, you're gonna need at least twenty five percent down. Um there might be again non qualified mortgage. We're talking just about regular Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac mortgages. Uh you need twenty five percent down. You're gonna need better uh credit. Like you you could technically do it, I think, with a 660 score, 680 score, but you're going to pay more, way more in a rate versus a primary residence with that those same scores. Um, you're going to need that. The house is going to need cash flow. It's going to. You can't buy a house that's like half done, like they didn't finish a second floor remodeling. It has to be a completed house. Um, so yeah, you need you you need 25 percent single family. You can technically do 15 percent down still. Rates higher. You have to pay mortgage insurance with it. But you can buy a single family with fifteen percent down as an investment property. Uh, so those are like you know those are the the basic standards. The more money you put down, the better rate you're gonna get. Right. So it's just less risk, right? So if you're putting thirty percent down, your rate's better. If you're putting forty percent down, your rate's even better. Over forty percent kind of just stays the same. Um, and it goes the same the opposite way if you're trying to do a refinance on investment properties. So. Single family, um, I think it's eighty percent. If you do a rate and term refi on a single family investment, it's like eighty percent um, loan to value. So you need twenty percent equity in the house. Uh, multifamilies you need twenty five percent, but if you want to take cash out, it goes even lower. So it's like a, there's a lot of moving parts that go on with with the investment properties. So do these laws change by state? Or is it just our no? These are federal, so these are okay. across the board, pretty much. Um, they could change by bank. Like some banks have the appetite to take on more riskier, riskier loans, and they'll they'll lend out their money with you know less money down, or 
um, less reserve funds or whatever, but they'll they'll be able to do it. But for the most part, if you're using basic stuff you, you, across the board in every state, you're going to have the same rules that you're going to have to abide by. Uh, the other thing with investment properties that obviously uh, we didn't touch on, but you're going to get rental income. That rental income can offset the the total cost of the mortgage. Like it, if that's the case, like you're going to have a lot easier time qualifying for these. So you, you're going to expect that to happen. That's usually the case. For the most part, for the most yeah, if it's a good investment, this now it could be a house that's not getting good rent right now, but you're gonna yep. get it in the future. Or if it's really good property, like if you own three houses and the fourth one, but it doesn't get the best rent, but it's gonna you know complete your monopoly board of what you want. Mm-hmm. Like it might be worth it if you're not getting the exact rent to cover, or if the rates are just so high that it's not. But in the future, just assuming you're gonna refinance, like there's there's a couple things that go into it. But for the most part, you're gonna to try to get positive cash flow when you're buying a house. So what if I'm buying another property that does need to be fixed up? That does? Yeah, it's not considered so, an investment property. So yeah, it, it it is, but there's only like I want to fix it up for like a year and then eventually I rent it out. Right. So there's not a lot of ways you can do that conventionally. Um, single family. There is a single family. If, if it's a house that you want to do a full renovation on, you do a, an actual investment renovation loan. Mm. Um, I think it's through Freddie Mac. It's called Home Style, and you can put 15% down, add in all the costs. And so it's a different stuff. style. It, yeah, it's a different, totally different type of loan. Okay. But if it's a basic loan where a house isn't put together, you, you can't really do anything. But if you buy it and it's fine, but you still want to do the renovations, you'll have to get a separate loan outside of your mortgage that you purchased the house with to 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 get money for those renovations um, or use your own cash or whatever. But for the most part, you're going to have to, um, you know, you're going to have to self-finance renovations. Uh, and it's, again, like it, you can get a home equity loan. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we had an episode about that. Yep. Home equity loan, you can get that in your primary residence or your secondary residence uh, up to a certain amount. But if it's an investment property, most banks aren't going to, aren't going to give you money on that because it's, it's too risky they don't want to be a second position for a house that could possibly be foreclosed on because okay. they'll never get that money back. And what if it's a, a second investment property? Does it, does anything change in that process? Like you, you already have a primary, you already have investment, you want to buy another one. Yeah. Do you get better rates or does, um, does it not matter at all? It doesn't really matter, uh, but you get, you'll have more purchasing power. Like it, there's certain things that are, there's pros and cons of that. You're, you're going to need more cash in the bank to show you have reserve funds for mm-hmm. all three houses. Right. Um, you'll still need the same down payment amount, but you can use, so if you, if you show a profit on that, that other investment property, you can use that profit to help pump up your purchasing power. So if you're trying to buy like a four unit for, you know, over what you could qualify for last year, this other house can help you qualify for that and get, get you up higher. Uh, but every, so every single deal you do is in its own silo. They're all not. They're not based on each other. You have. They all have their own uh, underwriting, their own thing, and it's it's tough because you come you come back to me three or four times for three or four different houses. I want to give you the best. I'm going to try to give you the best deal possible. Right. And obviously, you're a repeat customer. I'm going to help you out. But as far as the bank is considered, they they care about this one single loan that you're doing because that's the loan that, that that's the only thing that matters to them at that exact time. So they're not going to. They don't really make any. Um, Right. adjustments for you yeah i try to stump you there but uh to see i know we didn't talk about that before the show no i listen i've <laughs> yeah. only been doing this for 10 years i can't I have answers to stuff i'm not the 10 year vet over here folks. 10 year vet i'm not uh you know <laughs> no rookie although 
it cha- everything changes so fast. So I'm saying you always have to adapt. There's the new rules every year. It's, it's crazy. Like it, it could be, yeah, it, and you have to learn everything. And then stuff comes out that you don't even, like, think about or, or rules change or the rates change like they did last year. And all of a sudden, you know, you could have pe- – because the market was so crazy last year. We had people looking in uh, in March and then find a house in October, and then it, they don't qualify, like, as an investor. It's like because yeah. their rate – went up so high and the the amount of money that they had to come up with ten thousand dollars extra at the closing table because of points and their payment went up five six hundred dollars for the same exact house they're looking at before and the rent doesn't equal it like it, all of a sudden you don't qualify and you're kind of you're you're, you're out of the market now yeah, so things change all the time so it's 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 tough to keep track but it is what it is well, that's investment properties, folks. Uh, if you have any questions for Nick, you can always reach him out at nicholas.kasha, C-A-C-C-I-A, at ccm.com. Did I get that right? You did. Very good. And he's uh, licensed in Maine, New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, and New Hampshire. Uh, Why'd not, you start with me? I don't know. Tell us. I was going uh, I was going geographically, and then I went from that to New Jersey. Maine, New, or New well, York. You should have went New Ham- Maine, New Hampshire, New York, because you could have went counterclockwise. Well, I realized what I was doing, and I realized I was wrong, and then I just started knocking off states. Yeah. Well, got I, got them all. I got them all in there. You got them all. That was pretty good. That was uh, good, man. But CC- <laughs> cross-country mortgage is, is licensed nationwide. So nationwide. Always, is, uh, it's like every ending of the episode, Jesse adds something that he just learned about me and my company. Yeah. What else do you got? YouTube? I don't know. I'll tell you next episode. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, YouTube. Nick. Uh, sorry, Nick. <laughs> Nick at YouTube.com. Uh, Kasha Mortgages one. at YouTube. Uh, Instagram. Uh, teamkasha.com. C-A-C-C-I-A. Nick, anything else? I, we're really extending this episode for no reason. But Yeah, no. I think that's it for investment. I mean, yeah, everyone's different. So, you know, just you always have to ask about your specific situation. But, yeah, they're... The basics, they're you know, they're good things to have, but it's tough. They're not they're not easy to do. Alright, I'll see we'll see you next time on another episode of My Mortgage Guy. Bye, Jesse. See you later.